Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for taking your time to listen to my little podcast, and thank you for pulling your chair up to the cool kids' table. On this show, I often interview really cool entrepreneurs and ask them how they got started and what they're doing, but every now and then, I do a show where it's just me here talking to you, and that's what we're going to do today. So before we kick off, I have to thank the sponsor of this episode, and I'm welcoming a brand new sponsor, and that is Mix Tiles. Now, if you're on Instagram, you probably have seen the ads for Mix Tiles. They have a really great concept. You can take the pictures from your Instagram, and with a single click, they will print eight by eight photographs with sticky tape on the back that will attach and come off from your walls. So you can get a whole bunch of these and create beautiful art making tiles. And what I did is I took the logo from this podcast, Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, and the logo from my speaking business. And I created multiple tiles of each logo, and I alternated them on the wall behind me when I'm doing video. For so long, I didn't have any type of video background. I mean, so many people who produce videos have like a beautiful bookcase behind them, or maybe they have a great screen or or some sort of, you know, their logo and things like that. I didn't have anything. So I took the mixed tiles and I put them on the wall behind me. And now every time I'm on video, people say, what is that? That is so cool that you have that. And I couldn't have done it without the great people at Mixed Tiles. And I thank them for sponsoring a couple of episodes of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. So what I want to do on today's show is I just want to share a little experience. I recently had the opportunity to be a TEDx speaker at a TEDx event in Kansas City, Kansas. Now, a little bit of background. I am a big fan of the brand of TED. I mean, they've been doing these TED conferences long before any of us were able to watch them on video, before the technology got to the place where they could stream these videos. But they did this technology, education, and design concept where people came in and didn't do long speeches, but instead did 18 minutes at tops. And about 10 years ago, the technology came along to where these videos that they had taken could be streamed, and it went Bonkers. I mean, it really took off. TED became a phenomena, and it had a real impact on, on the business of speaking because so many people have shortened the time of what they want in a keynote speech. Now, not usually down to 18 minutes at a conference, but sometimes. However, the TED Talks, so many of them went viral, and so many of them have really touched the heart and soul of people that it really is awesome. So ever since these videos started being available and ever since TED sort of franchised their model and started TEDx, which are locally independently organized events, I have been a big fan. I've attended several TEDx events uh, where I live. I went to TEDx Austin. I forget if they did it four years or five years, but I missed once because I was traveling. Otherwise, I went every year they did it. And I've been to TEDx San Antonio two or three times. I attended TEDx Youth at Austin twice because my daughter was on the committee when she was a high school student putting on that program. And then I watched one entire day entirely 
online on a simulcast when they did TEDx Carnegie Mellon because my daughter was on the organizing committee for that event. So I have been a big fan of TED Talks and TED events all along. In fact, 2011, one of my New Year's resolutions, one of my goals was I was going to watch one TED Talk online every single day. Now, I'll be really honest with you. I didn't watch one every day, but I probably came close to watching 200 TED Talks that year. And I specifically sought ones out that weren't in my area of expertise. I looked for ones that, that covered subjects that didn't really even interest me. And I found the whole experiment of watching that many TED Talks really inspiring. And at about that time, you know, I make my living as a professional speaker. I now host a podcast where I get to talk to thousands of people all the time. I decided how cool would it be if I had the opportunity to do a TED Talk? But here's the thing, in, in the culture, in the world of TED, they're not looking for a seasoned, experienced professional speaker to just come in and, and do what they do for their clients. And I understand that. So I gave it a lot of thought about five years ago, what would I talk about if this opportunity ever came about? And I came up with an idea. I came up with something I would share that, that, that we did that other people could implement that was kind of cool. And it has to do with a way that my wife and I have supported a charitable cause. And, and we did something a little different. We tied a little bit of every speech I give to this cause. And we held little fundraisers. And we really didn't ever think it would amount to a whole lot. But you fast forward 12 years since we started giving and the two funds that we support at two different children's hospitals have totaled over $70,000. So I called this compounded generosity, the art of giving small. And, and that's what I wanted to do as a TED Talk. That's not what I talk to audiences about. I'm not an expert on giving. I don't speak at, at charity conferences or philanthropic conferences. But this was something that, that I thought would make a great story to share, and I wanted to do it. So I applied. I applied to several TEDx organizations, hoping that somebody would give me that chance. And over the last five years, I've probably applied to more than 30 different events. And, and I was never accepted. And I'll tell you what, I'm not offended by that. I understand that the people who are on these TEDx committees, they are tasked with an important task, and that is to curate the right speakers that match their theme, that tie to their local geographic area. So the fact that it never happened, it was just one of those things that I believed you keep trying because someday the right opportunity is going to come along. And when it does, you know, I would cross that bridge when I get to it, got to it. And this year that happened. I, I had a friend who was involved with this TEDx program in Kansas City uh, the year before, and they were looking for speakers, and she reached out to some people who she knew and said, is anybody interested in doing this? And I have no idea how many people applied for this. But I received an email that said, congratulations, you have been chosen to share your message uh, with this event in March. And I'll tell you what. When I got that email, I was really excited. I was with my wife and one of my daughters, and I had a big smile on my face. To me, that was cool, especially, I mean, you know how it is when you want to do something and it doesn't matter why you want to do it or, or what it is, if you want something and, and it's you know something that is hard to attain and then it happens, that's a good feeling. And so I felt good about it. But I also realized, I realized that this was probably a once in a lifetime opportunity. 
I mean, it's not unless you're famous, you don't get asked to do several TEDx talks or a TED talk or whatever. It's it's one of those things that that comes along maybe once and maybe never. And so I had to take this seriously. I, I had to treat this as something that was very special because I've given I've given over 700 professional level speeches in my career. I've been the MC at many events. I've moderated countless panels. But the reality is, is for me, because I had a desire to do this and I felt honored to be chosen, I wanted to make sure that I did this right. So one of the things I did is, is I hired a short talk expert to coach me. I hired a woman named Haley Foster and she helped me tweak this message that I wanted to tell because I only had, you know, 10 to 12 minutes to be able to properly put together this message and, and, and get the point across that I wanted to get across. And at the same time, you know, maybe, maybe inspire somebody to do something similar, whatever it was in their life that they want to support, a charity that they want to get involved with and, and remind them that you don't have to be rich to give to a charity, that if you, if you do something consistently over time and you're committed, that it will compound and it will grow and it can become an amount that really could make a real difference. And, and I wanted people to understand that. And so I hired Haley and I'll tell you what, hiring someone to coach me to put this short talk together was a very smart move because this was different than anything else I had done before. I'm not usually a scripted speaker. Normally, when I give a presentation, yes, I have an outline of where I'm going to go, but my presentations that I do for clients are often highly interactive. So I get feedback from the audience, and that can take me in one of several different directions. Now, I usually have somewhere between an hour and three hours to deliver my message, so I don't have to be so precise. Yet, for this TEDx talk, I had to wordsmith the whole talk. And Haley pushed me and she asked me why I was saying things. And she said, this doesn't make sense. And this is repetitive. And that doesn't support it. We went through, in the end, nine versions of this talk. And it got really clear and really tight. But to be honest with you, that much work and the amount of hours I put into it and then trying to memorize this speech somewhat word for word, I didn't really get nervous but I got caught up in my own head over the gravity of what this could mean. Now, I, I'll be honest, I never have had like, you know, visions of grandeur that somehow my TEDx talk is going to go viral and get a million hits. It wasn't about what it could mean to me or my career. It really meant what could it mean, A, that you have the opportunity to speak to an audience like this, both live and then on the YouTube channel of TEDx. However, also, what if I screwed up? What if I was just... Blah. I mean, here's a guy who bills himself as a professional speaker. What if I totally missed the mark? And I sort of got caught up in my head. And a couple of years ago, I watched another speaker who was a professional speaker. He has his certified speaking professional, his CSP designation. He works all over the country. And he was giving a short talk in front of close to 2,000 people. And again, because it was only in his case, like a five minute talk, he scripted the whole thing. And when he hit the stage, he started to recite what he had memorized and he forgot. He didn't know where to go and he bombed it. He just, he got stuck because he had not usually spoken word for word on a memorized script. And he ended up cratering that whole talk and forgot what he was going to say and had to leave the stage. And I'm sure it was very embarrassing, but having witnessed that, that got caught up in my head. What if I choked? 
What if I couldn't remember it? What if this whole thing of spending 40 to 50 hours of crafting the speech, what if it got me so caught up in how it had to be that I couldn't talk to an audience the way I regularly talk to an audience? So I spent a lot of time working on it, and the closer I got to it, and knowing that it was going to be filmed, and knowing the video would be out there, all of a sudden, I started to feel the pressure. Now, in a second, I'm going to share with you kind of what happened in the last day as we led up to this. But first, hey, I got to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the headache out of creating your own podcast. They do all the technical work. They do all the behind-the-scenes stuff so that you can focus on creating great content, interviewing cool people, and you know, making your podcast what you want it to be. I could never have created this show. I never could have done cool things entrepreneurs do if I hadn't met the team from Podfly Productions at the very first podcast movement conference. And they were so cool. They answered all the questions that I had and I started working with them then and they have been the best vendor I've just about ever worked with in my career. So if you want to start a podcast, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So in the days leading up to this TEDx talk, I actually was crazy busy. I had three other speeches I had to do Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of that week, and the TEDx talk was going to be on Thursday. <coughs> I had two keynotes and a breakout for two different associations in two cities across the country, and I had to deliver my best work for those clients. So while I was worried about the TED talk and while I was working on it, I had other things I had to do. And when I finished that closing keynote on Wednesday, I ran to the airport and I flew to Kansas City. I missed the sound check because I didn't get in until after dinner. And then I went to bed. And when I woke up the next morning, I had about eight hours of my last final preparation that I could do. Mid-afternoon, I had to be at the venue. And, and, and I spent the day rehearsing and practicing and saying it into a recorder and listening to it back and trying to get get all those little pieces memorized in a way that was totally foreign to me. And I started to feel sort of the weight of the world on my shoulders. Again, I wasn't nervous. I wasn't freaked out. But I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to stand up there and, and do what I do. I wasn't going to be able to just talk from the heart because I had scripted it. So when I arrived at the venue... We did a sound check since I hadn't been there the day before. I rehearsed. I kind of walked around on the stage and I got to meet all of the other speakers who were going to be presenting that night. And I'll tell you what, I was humbled. Now, I was only one of a couple who actually we would call like a professional speaker, somebody who had a lot of experience on the stage. But everybody who was there had amazing stories that they were going to tell and they had really interesting lives. And the more we talked, the more we realized that the six of us, we were sharing something unique and something special, that no matter what happened, this was a once-in-a-lifetime experience for each of us. And when you share experiences with other people, it sort of fast-forwards that relationship. And the more I listened to their stories and, and what they were going to talk about as the theme of, of their talk, I, I felt like I wasn't worthy. I mean, was I really worthy to be here with these people who've led such amazing lives? So again, it just became more and more in my head. I started playing it over. What could go wrong? What could I do? But you know what? I had to remind myself that I have given 700 professional speeches. But this one 
meant something different. And yet I wasn't even sure what that was. And I had practiced and I had practiced and I had visualized it. But it came time. So before they opened the doors to the theater where this was being held at a, at a college, I walked out on the stage by myself. Nobody was in the room. And I stood on that big red carpet, that big dot that you see in TEDx videos. And I stood there and I looked at the empty seats. And I realized that this was not about me. This was about the people who were going to be sitting out there in that audience. It wasn't about the video. What happens with the video, like I said, I had no you know, imagination that the video is going to go viral. So this was really about the 10 or so minutes that I was going to be on stage telling my story and sharing my message. Now, I was lucky. I, I sort of wasn't the first one to go. So I got to watch three or four of the other people go first. And they were amazing. In fact, some of the people who were, you know, they weren't making their living speaking. I was blown away by what they shared from the stage. So just before it was my turn, I stood in the back and listened to the speaker before me, kind of in the wings of the theater, and it dawned on me. This was just another talk. I knew this story. Hell, I had lived this story. And I believed in this message. And I knew it was an idea worth sharing. And I hoped that one person, that's all, who would hear it would be touched by what I had to say. And so just before I walked out on stage, I threw out the script. I decided I didn't have to worry about the script. In fact, as I walked out on stage, I rewrote in my head my opening the thing I had rehearsed the most was the first five sentences, and I tossed them out, and I decided I was going to start this speech a different way. I was going to go entirely from me, and as I hit the stage, as I hit that red carpet, I stood there. In fact, I held my, myself for just a couple of extra seconds because I wanted to be 100% in the moment. The audience might have thought, hey, he forgot his words because I did stand there for a second. And all of a sudden I smiled and I started the presentation. Now, I really don't have a strong memory of what happened from there because I just talked. I just walked through the story and the message that I had to share. And I will tell you, it was great. When I finished, I knew that I had connected with the audience. At one point during the talk, they applauded. I actually had to hold back until they finished clapping before I could keep going. Now I'm going to have to go back and watch the video to even know where that happened. But the fact that, that at some point I related to them, I knew it was all going to be okay. When I wasn't but a few minutes in and when they applauded, I knew this was going to be all right. After some 30 rejections from other committees, I was in the right place at the right time. And I completed the speech and again, I held my spot on that red carpet for just a couple of seconds longer than I needed to. And I smiled. I'll tell you what, it was good. I woke up the next day and I felt like it had all been a dream. I had spent weeks preparing for this, 40 or 50 hours of my time in preparation. And it was over in just a couple of minutes. And immediately following that, 
I have two very busy weeks ahead of me that I'm going to keep going. So I didn't even have time to really think about it. I flew home the next day. I had a couple of days with my family and then I'm back on the road delivering five speeches and emceeing a conference in this course of like six or seven days. So it was surreal that it happened and then boom, I was on the road doing something else. But you know what? It didn't change my life. But in some ways, in some ways, it sort of did. Because being there with those other people and listening to the stories of the other TEDx speakers who were on that stage that day made me realize that this whole thing was never about me being the best speaker of the night or having a video that goes viral. It was about doing something that five years ago I said, I want to do that. And even though I'd been rejected, and it's okay that I got rejected, I just kept trying. And I kept trying. And then the right opportunity came along. I knew I, I did that at the right time. And in fact, I thought about this several times. What if some other committee five years ago had chosen me to do a TEDx talk? It was the same topic that I chose to speak on that I had always applied with. But I wondered, would I have been ready five years ago? Would my ego have taken over and, and I wouldn't have realized sort of the, the, the heaviness of this? And, and I, would I have ever hired a coach to help me with this? And would I have been able to just let go and just talk to the audience from my heart when I was on stage? I have no idea. Maybe it would have been great. Maybe I would have been the one who choked if I had done it five years ago. But the right thing came along at the exact right time. So... If you want to see the video, it's probably not going to be ready until about May of 2018. If you're listening to this episode of the podcast in March when I recorded it, I'm only recording this a week after I did the talk. It's going to be four or five weeks before you can actually access it. I'll probably put a link uh, on my website somewhere. You'll be able to find it. But what I really wanted to do by recording this episode is I wanted to challenge all of you. If you have a goal or something on your bucket list, and, and you've tried to figure out how to do it, and maybe you've been turned down, don't give up. Realize that the time horizon that it might take to be able to accomplish something like doing a TEDx talk, it might take a long time. But when the timing is right, all your stars may line up. So keep trying. Keep applying. Keep trying to accomplish whatever it is that you want to do. I am really glad and really honored that I had this opportunity, and I hope you know, maybe you'll watch the video and you'll think, yeah, that's really cool. But either way, it was what it was and it's exactly what it was supposed to be. I am now an even larger fan of the TED brand. Now that I have been one of those lucky ones who got to stand on that, that red carpet, that big dot, and share my idea worth spreading. So thanks for listening to this episode. I, I just wanted to share this with you because for me, I'll tell you what, I'm honest. It's a big deal. It's a big deal that I got to do this. And I wanted to share it because we all have things that we want to accomplish. And, and, and when you get to do it, it's okay to be excited. Tell other people about it. And that's why I did this episode. So I hope you liked it. We're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody really cool who's doing something amazing in their business. If this is the first time you've ever listened to an episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, please do me a favor. Go backwards and listen to one of the other episodes. Just the episode right before this one, episode 338. It's Neen James, the author of Attention Pays. You want to hear her story. Go back and listen to all of the episodes. Well, you probably wouldn't listen to 338 other episodes because that would take a long time. But 
go through and pick the ones that interest you because I try really hard to curate this program with a variety of people who are doing really interesting things that can inspire you. So if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, we're at Cool Podcast. If you're a Facebook user, you can join the Facebook page at Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. And if you're looking for a mastermind coaching program, jump over to PotentialMastermind.com and look at the, the little community that I have. And maybe we can help inspire you to reach your potential. So, hey, I am going to be back in a couple of days with another episode. But in the meantime, I challenge you, go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.